0: can listen to the front on your smart speaker every morning to hear the latest episode just say play the news from the australian
1: from the australian here's what's on the front i'm claire harvey it's wednesday december 6 a third detainee released following a controversial high court decision was arrested for reoffending in victoria Convicted child exploitation ringleader Emran Dad allegedly used his newfound freedom to make contact with minors. The arrest comes as the government scrambles to pass a new preventative detention regime that would see non-citizens convicted of serious crimes thrown back behind bars. $2.3 million. That's how much former Liberal staffer Brittany Higgins says she received from taxpayers following her alleged rape by Bruce Lerman, In the final day of her cross-examination by barrister Stephen Wybrow SC, Higgins said the Commonwealth conceded it had failed in its duty of care to her. In today's episode, how Brittany Higgins' gruelling stint in the witness box wrapped up. Before we start, there's adult language and some distressing concepts in this story. When Brittany Higgins sat down for her first extended interview with police, they asked for her mobile phones. She sought legal advice, telling her lawyers she was terrified information might leak from the police, and then at her second interview, handed over the phones. Police conducted a forensic examination of the devices, and what they found has formed the basis of a tough cross-examination in the defamation case, in which she is now a key witness. The plaintiff is Bruce Lehrman, who says he was falsely accused of rape by Higgins in a 2021 interview on Network 10. He's suing 10 and journalist Lisa Wilkinson, and Higgins is their star witness. On Tuesday, Bruce Lehrman's counsel, Steve Weibrow, asked Higgins if she'd deleted anything from her phone before handing it to police. We've used voice actors to bring you the words spoken in
2: court.
0: Yeah, I deleted one particular photo that I was worried about. Why was that? I was at a party and someone put a Make America Great Again cap on my head and I was ashamed that it was in existence, so I deleted it. I knew it wasn't, it wasn't relevant or anything, but I was just worried that it would leak and it was something that I was really ashamed of, so I deleted it.
1: Wybrow wanted to know why Higgins had deleted messages between herself and a number of others, before handing her phone to police. Some of these were later recovered during the forensic search of her phone. The deleted conversations included her housemate and several colleagues, although Higgins said the conversations were lost when she updated or transferred her handset.
0: Yeah, just between moving devices, I lost things. It wasn't malicious or anything. Just between having five phones in five years and not having the one iCloud account, I had a separate iCloud account for work, data just got lost.
1: Higgins also said she later blocked a number of people from the Liberal Party from her phone, as well as her social media. There was also a man named Nick, whom Higgins had brought along to the Friday night drinks on March 22, the night of the alleged rape.
2: And in relation to Nick, who is your bumble date that evening?
0: I've heard his name. Okay, it's Nick. Cool. Sorry? Sorry? I haven't heard his name, I haven't been able to figure out what his name was. This was the first time I've heard his name.
2: Miss Higgins, that's just an absolute lie.
0: It's not. This is the truth. I didn't know his name was Nick.
2: Miss Higgins, you refer to him by name in your draft book.
0: I don't think that's... I didn't know his name was Nick.
2: You refer to him by the name Nick in the second interview or the first interview with police.
0: They must have told me. I hadn't retained that information that his name was Nick.
2: Miss Higgins, I suggest you've just been caught out lying about this matter.
0: I've been highly traumatised being harassed about this issue over and over for over five years about my rape. And now everyone's trying to make it about some random bumble date who I hung out with once, so I didn't know his name was Nick. You've reminded me. Now I know his name was Nick. I'll remember next time.
1: Higgins told the police Nick left the bar during the evening after being mercilessly bullied by the rest of the group, who poked fun and laughed at him before he was driven out of the event.
2: I want to suggest to you, Miss Higgins, that as soon as Mr Wenke and Mr Lerman entered the Kingston Hotel, you effectively abandoned your date and that's why he eventually left.
0: I don't recall, I was pretty drunk by then. I just remember them being mean to him.
2: I'm suggesting you deliberately lied to the police to cover up the fact that you are actually interested in spending time with Mr Lerman and Mr Wenke rather than with your date.
0: Not true. Not true. No.
1: Wybrow played the court CCTV footage of the evening, which showed Higgins and Nick chatting, until the arrival of Lerman and his friend Austin Wenke, at which point she went to sit with them at another table. The footage doesn't show either Wenke or Lerman speaking to Nick.
2: At this stage, you had no interest in going back and having any further communications with him, did you?
0: I was pretty drunk, but I acknowledged that what I was doing, knowingly or not, was very rude.
2: The
1: footage showed Nick sitting by himself at the table, looking at his phone and chatting to others for approximately 45 minutes before eventually shaking hands and exchanging business cards with some of the men in the group, putting on his jacket and walking out. The footage does not show him speaking to Higgins again.
2: Do you agree with me? It's a very misleading statement to say he was mercilessly bullied and that's why he left.
0: When I was there, he was made fun of. But yes, in hindsight, I was very rude to my date and he left because I was rude to my date.
1: On April 9, just over two weeks after the alleged rape, Higgins exchanged messages with another staffer, Ben Dillaway, whom she'd been dating. Higgins has described Dillaway as a good person and someone she cared about.
0: It's all super weird the way things have transpired. The people I spoke to had already requested the CCTV from the venues.
1: Higgins explained she was referring to the Australian Federal Police obtaining CCTV, but when she later gave her phone to police, on Higgins' end of the message exchange, the next message had been deleted.
0: I'm not interested in pursuing it, but it's all beyond strange.
1: She said she must have accidentally deleted the message.
0: I was worried because he was very senior in the Liberal Party and I didn't necessarily want to disclose to him exactly where my headspace was at.
2: Sorry, you didn't really trust Mr Dillaway with too much information? Is that what you're saying?
0: I did and I do. He's a good person but of course I was a little scared. I didn't, I didn't know necessarily if he would, where his loyalty would be. I didn't know if I if I said that I was going to the police, I didn't know if he would tell his best friend in the Prime Minister's office. Like I didn't know, and so I was I was I was cautious. I was very cautious.
2: You can see he specifically asked you if you wanted him to contact his best friend in the Prime Minister's office and you said yes, that would be cool.
0: I needed help internally because I wasn't coping and we weren't going through the normal HR processes, which is the Department of Finance. They were going and handling it all internally and it was weird and I needed help because I wasn't coping. So, yes, I asked him to get help internally from the Prime Minister's office to handle it. But did I necessarily 100% trust him when I had intention of going to the police? Not really. I was worried. I was cautious.
2: What you're mostly worried and cautious about is that that message contradicts the narrative you gave the project.
0: If anything, it corroborates it. It's all beyond strange, which is referring to the political machinations and the things that were going on at the time.
1: Wybrow played the court CCTV of Higgins walking through the security checkpoint at Parliament's Ministerial Evidence with Bruce Lairman. She agreed with Wybrow she didn't appear to be staggering or stumbling, and she walked quickly down the corridor towards the Ministerial Suite.
2: I suggest when you've described to his honour you were 10 out of 10 drunk, that was a lie.
0: Are you kidding? Sorry, no, I was very drunk.
2: When you told Miss Maiden that I was super drunk, I was barely walking, and he had to get me through security, that was a lie?
0: That was in reference to five ten minutes before I fell up the stairs. I was barely walking. Your client saw.
2: I want to suggest to you, you don't look 10 out of 10 drunk or in any distress at that point. Do you accept that?
0: Well, I hadn't been raped yet, but I was skipping in the middle of parliament with no shoes on, so it indicates someone who's pretty drunk.
1: Coming up, Higgins payout from the Commonwealth and what she told Ben Dillaway. A troubled young woman, her evil parents.
0: We never had any issues between us.
1: Has justice been done? I'm in a prison Join journalist Richard Gilliatt As he delves into one of Australia's Most gripping cases Shadow of Doubt A new podcast investigation from The Australian I cannot find one of these allegations That's possible Listen now wherever you get your podcasts The looming presence in this trial is Fiona Brown, the former Chief of Staff to Linda Reynolds, who Brittany Higgins has said was the first person she disclosed her alleged rape to. On the Tuesday after the alleged rape, Brown called Lemon into her office and told him to pack up his things and leave, telling him he was in trouble for entering Parliament after hours. Higgins saw Lermon leaving and then was called into her own meeting with Brown. In this trial, Brown has been subpoenaed but is asking to be excused from giving evidence. In his cross-examination, counsel for Lehman Steve Wybrow read Higgins what appeared to be Brown's account of the meeting. Wybrow put it to Higgins she had said she was drunk and passed out in the office half naked. Wybrow asked if it was correct, but Brown asked if there was anything else she remembered, and Higgins replied no. Higgins in the witness box denied this exchange. She says Fiona Brown was the first person to whom she disclosed her alleged rape and said she believed it was in this first meeting. Later that afternoon, after the conversation with Fiona Brown, she texted Ben Dillaway, the boyfriend with whom she had a regular message conversation, including in the days after the alleged rape. These are the messages, tendered to the court.
3: We've used voice actors.
0: So I think I may not continue to be employed with Linda.
3: What, did something happen?
0: Yeah, it's pretty bad. I genuinely don't know how it's going to play out, how I want
3: it to play out. If you've made a mistake, stuffed up, just be honest to her and Chief of Staff so it can be fixed. I've made some huge fuck-ups but owned them, said sorry, etc. Can I call you? I realise you might be in office, so can't take call.
0: So on Friday night, how I ended up in the ministerial office, it didn't play out how I made out. I don't remember getting there at all. Vaguely remember Bruce being there and then I woke up in the morning half-dressed by myself in the minister's office on Saturday morning. I've spoken with Dad and he's flying down on Friday. Was pretty upset over the weekend, so he's headed here to just hang out.
3: That's good he's coming down. Was it just you and Bruce who went back there or a group of people? Did you hook up in there or did someone take advantage of you?
0: Yeah, it was just Bruce and me from what I recall. I was barely lucid. I really don't feel like it was consensual at all. I just think if he thought it was okay, why would he just leave me there like that?
3: So he fucked you. I hope you're okay. This is pretty serious, horrible stuff. You probably need to report this.
0: Fiona, our Chief of Staff, knows. She followed up on the security report about it. Bruce has been terminated early. She said I can come back in tomorrow, but I'm considering just going home to the Gold Coast.
3: This is so heavy. I'm so sorry to hear.
0: Sorry, I didn't mean to unload on you. Everything will be fine.
3: Don't be sorry at all. Wish you told me sooner so I
2: could have supported you.
1: In cross-examination, Wybrow took this up.
2: You were expressing there that you have no idea what happened, weren't you?
0: No, I was disclosing to Ben. And yes, I was being very sensitive and delicate about it, but I wasn't ready to say the word rape yet. I hadn't said the word rape yet. And so I was just doing these little partial disclosures... And that was my thought process at the time. I was giving Bruce every benefit of every doubt that I had.
2: What doubt did you have that you'd been, to use your word, raped at that point in time?
0: I knew, but I was still trying to say, what if he he didn't know I was drunk? What if he didn't hear me say no? What if he didn't realise I was crying? What if... what if... what if he thought it was okay? What if, when he left, he thought I had a good time and enjoyed it? I was giving him every benefit of every doubt that I had.
2: Ms Higgins, I suggest what you are saying there is I don't really know what happened. Bruce was there and I woke up half naked.
0: No, I was starting to give a disclosure of rape to someone who I was kind of romantically involved with and I was kind of scared about his feelings at the same time. I was starting a conversation because I didn't know how to say... I didn't know how to say it yet.
2: Ms Higgins, I suggest from these messages... An option was that you'd fallen asleep drunk and you woke up the next day and nothing had happened. Do you accept that? That's one of the things you're conveying in these messages as a possibility.
0: No, not at all. He had raped me and I wasn't ready to say it or own it. I was still trying to mentally play these gymnastics where he wasn't this awful person because it still seemed so inconceivable to me that I was a victim of this. I just wasn't ready yet. And so I was starting this conversation, inching, and I didn't. So, no, I don't agree with your assertion. In
1: February 2021, nearly two years after her alleged rape, Brittany Higgins secretly recorded a phone call with a senior federal minister, Michaelia Cash, and forwarded the call to journalists. Higgins then resigned from her job, and that triggered a phone call with Michaelia Cash. In court on Tuesday, Higgins agreed Cash and her chief of staff, Daniel Try, had both tried to encourage her to stay in her job and had expressed that she was a good worker.
2: She indicated to you that she understood you were concerned about some incident involving security. She asked you what it was about, didn't she?
0: Yeah, she was lying. It was the strangest conversation. She pretended she didn't know and I retold her the whole story.
1: Unable to play the call, Stephen Wybrow turned to the speech given by Brittany Higgins on the steps of the ACT Supreme Court after Bruce Lehman's criminal trial was aborted due to durer misconduct.
0: When I did speak up, I never fully understood our asymmetrical criminal
3: justice system, but I do now.
1: Wybrow suggested Higgins was motivated by the belief Lehman wouldn't be found guilty in a
0: retrial.
2: I suggest when you gave that speech, it was designed to blow up a retrial. Do you know what I mean by that?
0: Well, no, not
2: at all. Do you agree you made it clear that you didn't think that Mr Lerman should have a presumption of innocence?
0: I don't know. I don't think he had a right to my body, but here we are.
2: But he shouldn't have the right to remain silent during the trial?
0: I'm not a lawyer.
1: Higgins admitted she didn't seek legal advice before making the speech which she said was delivered shortly after she'd attempted suicide. The retrial was ultimately dropped by the former Director of Public Prosecutions, Shane Drumgold.
3: I've made the difficult decision that it is no longer in the public interest to pursue a prosecution at the risk of a complainant's life. But not too long
1: after, Brittany Higgins tweeted that she was prepared to tell her story in a slightly more favourable court, if it would prevent Bruce Lerman from profiting from the alleged assault.
0: Following recent developments, I feel the need to make it clear, if required, I'm willing to defend the truth as a witness in any potential civil cases brought about by Mr Lerman.
1: Wybrow suggested that didn't wash with the decision not to proceed.
0: No, I was willing to go through with a criminal case. Again, it was only advised by doctors and lawyers that I couldn't, so I had no issue. I put myself through the criminal court once. I was going to keep going. And then when it looked like he wanted to make money off being a rapist, I of course put my hand up and said, please put me back in. And here I am.
1: Higgins' evidence concluded with questions about the compensation she herself received from the Commonwealth. She said she was awarded about $2.3 million, which she said came down to about $1.9 million after tax and legal fees were deducted.
2: You made money off being a person who made an allegation of sexual assault. And as you sit there today, there's never been any finding as to whether or not your allegations are true or not.
0: The Commonwealth admitted that they breached their duty of care and that they didn't go through proper processes. So that's actually why they settled with me.
1: Brittany Higgins was dismissed by Justice Michael Lee shortly after 4pm on Tuesday. Further witnesses for the defence will appear in the federal court from today. You can follow our rolling coverage at theaustralian.com.au. Another one been shot with the shotgun and I got the overspray.
2: Search for Crimex Plus on Apple Podcasts to start digging deep into the world of true crime.